Hello, and welcome to episode negative one of the Cheese and Eggs podcast. Excuse me. I am your host, Steven. Um, and before I explain the whole negative one thing, uh, let me first apologize for the lack of episode on Sunday. Um, I had a lot of technical difficulties <laughs> with, mostly with my internet. Just it, all kinds of shit, like it would either go out all completely or be like on and off to the point where I couldn't record or actually we did record an episode but I think my internet was so bad that discord was just like no but it is what it is I now have a new router so hopefully that fixes it we don't know uh, it's looking like it is like I was downloading Tekken yesterday I read I deleted and redownloaded Tekken yesterday just to see how it was looking for the download speed at least 25 minutes before that would have taken like three or four hours so i am I'm, I'm i'm happy so far but we'll see we'll see okay so uh yes i will first explain the uh episode negative one thing so the way i, I kind of want to label these episodes is this right so you have the guest episodes and you have the individual episodes individual episodes i mean like just me and the guest episodes I'm going to label regularly because that's what I want the main focus of the podcast to be. But I think every once in a while, a, an individual episode would be nice um, just to kind of update you guys on what I'm doing. And also, I don't want to talk about just my shit with my guests, you know, because that's their episode. And I said this in the first podcast, I want to bring the most out of my guests and I don't want to bog that down with my shit that I like, you know. I think if, if we have that in common, then we'll definitely talk about it. But I, I still want to be able to talk about things that I like specifically without, uh, you know, impeding on the guest time, things of that nature. All right. So that explains the negative one. Oh, that explains why I'm doing the solo episodes, not the negative one. So the way I'm going to label it is I'm going to label the solo episodes as negative whatever. So episode one, zero, that's the origin. All right. Cool. No problem. Not episode one. The first episode was episode zero. The origin, right? Cool, no problem. Uh, and then the one with Miles, that's episode one. And then this one right here is episode negative one. Okay? Now, we're supposed to have an episode two today, but as I said before, technical difficulties. And we just haven't had a time yet to do it. But I wanted to get something out this week. Hopefully, and I say hopefully, I get two out this week to kind of make up for it. Because I don't like, I don't like doing things late. I don't like just being late in general. I don't waste people's time. Things I I, I just hate it. You know, like if I promise something, I want to be able to deliver. And I was not able to do that this week, so my apologies for that. Next, I kind of want to talk about a few things today. I'll just kind of go through the list I have. We'll see where it goes though. So, I want to kind of explain my podcast roots. Like, why start listening to the podcast, things of that nature. Uh, then I kind of want to talk about games I've been playing. So, Persona 5, mostly. Well, not mostly, a lot. Persona 5. Um, I bought some new fighting games. And, I, yeah. Well, I would say I bought one new fighting game. And I started playing one that I've had for a while. I just never got around to playing. Okay, so podcast roots my podcast roots are not 
super, super deep, you know, like, I wasn't listening to shit from, like, uh, 10 years ago, I wasn't, like, one of the OG podcast people, no, that just wasn't me, I, I started listening to podcasts when I was, like, super duper into Destiny, back in 10th grade, I want to say, I did 10th grade, something like that, yeah, it was 10th grade, I remember now, yeah, it was 10th grade, super into Destiny, I was like, wow, how can I find out more about this game, so I was looking, I was looking stuff up, and you know, eventually, if anyone knows anything about Destiny, you eventually come up, back then, you eventually came across the Planet Destiny channel, Planet Destiny was, it was basically like, a bunch of people, um, who just put out informative videos about the game, um, that simple, it, it was cool, it was great, I mean, it still is cool, it still is good, it's just not what it used to be, and that's not a bad thing either, honestly, because I think in some ways, it is now, like, better structured and better organized than it was back then, they just kind of, they kind of know what they want to do, and they just do it, um, but I will explain that story in a second, so that then I was listening to the Planet Destiny podcast, the Planet Destiny podcast was made up of, oof, I want to say it was Holtzman, Briar, Rabbit, Tefty, and Pope Bear, right? You had those four. Those were like the, the, the main people you thought of when you thought of Planet Destiny back in the day, right? Because those were the people that, you know, basically pushed it to, to where it was. Like, those are the personalities. And uh, I loved it. Like, I was, I was in love with the podcast for some reason. Uh, about some dumbass video game that I like, you know, I think it, it was like a very nicely balanced kind of podcast, you know, you had Pope who was the more emotional one who would say things that were wrong, quite frankly, but occasionally, but like they would always kind of bring up a good point, you know, like in, in that, that nonsense somewhere, there was always something not always. There's usually something that could be gained from it, right? Um, you had Holtzman, who was kind of the rational one. He was the one who was known back in the day for doing all the great weapon reviews. It, it he was great. He's still to this day someone that I deeply respect, and and as far as like content creation goes, even though he doesn't make as much content anymore, you know, I, I still value um, his existence a lot. Then you had Tefty, Tefty. He was kind of like the fan favorite, honestly. I, he's had the best voice out of all of them. That was it. Um, Tefty, he was cool. He wasn't my favorite, but like he also wasn't. Yeah, he wasn't my favorite, but like, he wasn't bad at all. He was just Tefty. He's the chill guy from Southern California. It, it was great. And then there was Briar. Briar was is the old man of the group <laughs> briar is the guy who brings up his 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 old ass man games from way back in the day in the 80s and shit and it, it, he gives like that it, it's nice having that kind of older person's perspective on games because when you a lot of the people that dominate the conversation are, are young people um at least for, for young people it's other young people people like in their 20s 
And while that's great and all, it's it's kind of nice just having someone there who was there for all of that, you know? Like, who, who was there for, like, the, the beginning of, of video games, pretty much. Or commercializing video games, I should say. And who was, like, old enough to remember, I should say. Like, old enough to remember as the important part. And that's cool. And it was great. You know, they'd show up. They'd talk about Destiny every week. It was great. Then eventually, I somehow got put on to Crucible Radio. Now, the Crucible and Destiny is basically like PV- it's just the PvP of the game. You know? It was cool. It was fun. I loved it. I was in love. And the Crucible is what got me into Destiny and what kept me playing. It was amazing. It was my first FPS. I I was in love. I was... I think I have like 900 hours in that in that game. Most of it's in Crucible. Um, and 900 hours is like light work compared to a lot of people. I've seen people with like five, 6,000 hours in that game. I'm like, damn. But I just didn't have the time. I was a student. I had shit to do. <laughs> and like I was only able to play like every other weekend. But every other weekend I was playing it, I was grinding the fuck out of that game. Like nonstop. Every week. Like, from the time I got home to the time I went to bed at, like, 3, 4 a.m., whatever the fuck. I remember one time I was, one time I had a swim meet at, like, I had to be at a swim meet at, like, 6 a.m. for warm-ups for some unknown reason, right? I didn't go to bed till, like, 3. I had to wake up until at 5. I went to bed at 3 because there was a gun, Right? There's a gun called the Chaperone that I wanted. Not really. I just kind of wanted just to have it. And in order to get the Chaperone, you had to use the last word and get a positive KD. And it was hard because I suck and I didn't really use hand cans like that. And I definitely didn't use the last words at the time. It was not good. So I, and there was a thing called Sparrow Racing Week, right? You know what Sparrow is? It's kind of like your, your weird like motorbike thingy that you ride around on in the game. It's really cool and fun. And if you equip the last word, it was kind of an exploit, actually. If you equip the last word and you did it, you would make progress. But you had to do a lot of those fucking races because uh, it didn't it didn't give as much as many points as um as like regular games did with a positive KD. So I was grinding the ever-living fuck out of that for I want to say it wasn't that long it was like for one night it was like for it was like for 12 hours I'd say it just took a lot of time you know it was just a grind like most things in, in olden D1 days good times good times anyway what was I talking about oh yeah podcast Crucible Radio, um, that's where you you they would talk about you know the Crucible, like tactics, what guns to use, how they feel about the sandbox, things of that nature. It was cool. It was fun. I liked it a lot. And I think I think that really got me into them. Into them was when they did the the interview with John Wisniewski and the other guy. I can't remember his name for the life of me. I feel so bad. <laughs> Um, they were Bungie develop- developers of the Crucible. And that's when you got a lot of insight into the, the game that you didn't get before. Because Bungie has been, you know, pretty closed off on that. I just think they did a really good job. I was really entertained. 
Uh, it was really informative. All right, that's that podcast. Then you have the Destiny Ghost Stories podcast. This is where this is my first experience of like this is my first time experiencing like an online community, I'd say, and like interacting with it on a regular basis. And to this day, it's probably still my only experience, really. Um, so the Destiny Community, not Destiny Community podcast, Destiny Ghost Stories podcast was a podcast about Destiny lore. I just kind of stumbled upon it while looking for some lore stuff. It was great. And in that time, or when I was listening to this podcast, you they were they talked about all types of shit. Like Crotazen, that lore. They talk my favorite episodes to this day are the um the um fuck the, the Books of Sorrow. Oh my god. Just hearing about Oryx and 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 this war is love. I I, I just amazing. The hive super cool. Destiny Lord super cool, but kind of convoluted and kind of bullshit. They kind of write kind of live stuff out of existence, and people aren't happy about that. Long story short, I miss the podcast. I miss hearing people nerd out about lore stuff for for the game that I like, but that weren't like the people you see on YouTube all the time, you know. That's the thing I liked about it. These people weren't Destiny personalities. They weren't the ones, you know, getting all the guest spots on the podcast like Bife and Mylan. Nothing's wrong with them. I love Bife. I love Mylan. Mylan Games. But I just miss those people, like, on the fringes of the community who, you know, did their thing. You know, actually, I don't think about. It. I remember how I discovered them. I think Handsome Dragon at the time was a podcast guest on someone's podcast. I can't remember. And he, uh, and that's how I found them. But anyway, that's besides the point. I just miss that. I miss their dynamic. I miss. That's the thing about a podcast, right? One thing you can never recreate is a dynamic of a podcast. And I think once that podcast is gone, you miss it, not because of the content, but you miss those people talking together, right, you can get any podcast about whatever the fuck you want, just look hard enough, but you can't get the same dynamic that they had, and that's great, that's amazing, that means you did a good job, that means I had a reason to listen to that shit, and their dynamic was old white men talking about shit they liked, (laughs) and I loved it, you know, uh, well, they weren't all old white men. Drop is relatively young. Only, like, old-ish, not really old one, was X-Ray. Uh, he had, he has kids. And then Gabble has, I think, I think he has kids. Man, I miss those guys. But anyway, that community, like, back then they had a Slack. So I decided to join the Slack. It was cool. Whatever. And then I, I met, I actually met some friends in that Slack. Or, like, people that I, 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 you know, consider people that I enjoy talking to. Um, for example, the homie Zane, who I talk to on occasion. I still talk to on occasion. Zane is... <laughs> Zane's, Zane's a British guy who was, like, super into the into Destiny PvP. Like, he was actually good, which was nice because I got carried to, to Flawless Trials one time. Uh, then you had, uh, Sherbet Pop, who I don't talk to as much anymore. I think the last time I talked to her was, like, last year, I want to say? On her birthday? I can't remember. But, 
Yeah, Sugar Pop. She was cool. I, man, I just miss those guys a lot. Then you have Merc, uh, Mercury Terra, I think, is like his full name online. <laughs> Merc, shouts to Merc, man. That dude's great. Fuck this game. I miss him carrying, carrying me, Cameron, and Joseph through shit and then complaining that we suck. We know we suck. That's why you're here. Uh, and then you have daughter Judy. Daughter Judy is someone that, I, I don't know. She's just someone that, that we talk about anime with. Some, I, talk, I talk about anime with her sometimes. And when we talk, it's nice. We don't talk that often, but it's just cool. You know? I wonder if I can have her as a guest at some point. Actually, everyone I just named I want to have on as a guest at some point. Zane, Mert, Daughter Judy, Sherbet Pop. That'd be cool. I am I am excited for that. We'll see what I can do. But yeah. Like I went on my first I went on like I finished a lot of raids with those people. Not a lot, but like a few raids with those people. I I played Iron Banner with those people, you know? And I think fostering that community was the best thing that that podcast ever did. Um, and I'm so happy that it existed. I'm so glad that it happened. I'm, I'm just, yeah. It was just nice. And this is going all over the place. And I'm not even, like, coherent at this point. Man, I just had a rough, I just had a rough go of things, you know. I had finals this week. I have an 89.99 in stat. If I got one more question right on any of my tests, I'd be at 90. But that's besides the point. Um, but, you know, got 89.99 in stat. You know, internet issues. Two finals yesterday. It's just been rough. It's just been rough. Um, but, yeah, that's not what I'm talking about now. Podcast Roots. Okay, then after that, sometime after that, you have the Destiny Community Podcast. Now, the Destiny Community Podcast is basically, I don't want to say an offshoot of, of the Planet Destiny podcast, but the people that were in the Planet Destiny podcast made their own podcast because they didn't want to be beholden to, you know, Planet Destiny rules and regulations. Like, what I'm, that's what I gleaned from it. I don't want to spread misinformation or anything. That's just my guess. Um, and they just kind of went and did their own thing. And their own thing was, hey, we're going to have the main podcast people from Planet Destiny just make their own separate podcast, but we're going to have a guest on every week. And this is where I started to kind of fall off of, of this podcast. I listened to it for a good year or two, two years maybe, like consistently on a regular basis, every week. And then Pope left, which, you know, Cool. People leave for whatever reason. That's fine. Miss 5000 Watts came. She was great. Or she is great. I love her. She's one of my favorite parts of the podcast. And then... I don't know what happened, but somewhere in there, they added Fran, who, don't get me wrong, I like Fran. And then Pope came back. And Holtzman left. Okay, actually, Holtzman left before... Before, um... Fran came, right? And Fran kind of came on to replace Holtz. But here's the problem. You now have Briar, Pope, Watts. Fuck. Briar, Pope, Watts, Fran, and I'm missing someone. 
Briar Pope Watts Fran. Fuck. Why can't I remember this? Hold on a second, guys. I got. I got. I got to look this up. This is gonna bug me now. Ah, Briar Pope Watts Fran and Tefty, right? As regular guests, as as regular members, right? That's five people. That's a lot of fucking people on a podcast. At least for me, anyway. In my opinion, that's a few too many. Right, actually, it's one too many, in my opinion. But then you have a guest on every week. And don't get me wrong, it's never the guest's fault if something goes wrong. It's just, I think the dynamic gets ruined. And at that point, at some point, I was just like, I can't keep doing this. I don't like how this podcast is going. I've stopped listening. And it made me really sad. Because that was kind of like my last little connection to the Destiny community as far as like uh, as podcasts go. And, you know, I just felt bad. I just felt, it just felt weird, you know, kind of not listening to it anymore. Because those people had been, had been part of my lives for three, four plus years at that point. And I was like, well, it is what it is. They stopped making a product that I enjoyed. Um, and it's not because they're doing a bad job or anything. It's just not for me. They have a community. They have people that, that follow them, and I'm happy for them. It's just that I cannot deal with that many people talking about something at the same time. Everyone's talking over each other at points, and it's really annoying. Someone makes some dumbass comment, and then that sparks a debate. And then three people are trying to talk all in different registers. It's like, I, I just can't do it. I just can't do it. Not that, like, once again, this is, like, not shade or hate or anything. Now they're going to hear this, but, you know, I just can't do it. And I just, like, kind of stopped caring, too, because I feel like I wasn't getting anything out of it. Yet the guest just kind of sitting there for a lot of it, I felt. And the thing that really did it was the Astrocross episode. I just felt they did not do a good job with that episode at all. And I was really excited for it, too. And I was just like, I don't, why is he here? You aren't letting him talk. You're, you're just having your own conversations. Why is he here? It was just really, really annoying. And it's funny because at the time I was like, yeah, I don't really like Joe Rogan like that. Like I was like, I'd heard a couple podcasts here and there. I've heard, you know, a couple things. I know I knew he was a UFC commentator, whatever. And recently I got into Joe Rogan. Because he fixes that problem. Like, it's just a problem on the podcast. He lets his guests speak. And it's amazing. And then I realized, there's just too many niggas. There are just too many fucking people on that podcast to justify ever having a guest on. Right? If you have five people on and they're, like, they're acquainted with each other, you know, it's, like, it's not ideal in my opinion. But, like, you know, you can work with it. If you have five people plus a guest who has no idea what the dynamics like usually, you know, or like, even if they do listen, it's like, you can't just insert yourself into it. Cause that's not how, it's not how things work ever in anything. You can't just like throw yourself in there and hope it works. Right. And it's just like, it's like Joe Rogan over here. He's one dude, he's an entertaining guy. And he's just kind of talking to people, having conversations, you know, just having conversations with people, and it's nice, you know, it's, it's, it's just nice hearing people talk about shit, and 
I initially I kind of didn't want this. I didn't want to make this a Joe Rogan clone, but I think like the I've done two episodes. Well, okay, I did a solo episode, another solo episode now, uh, an episode with a guest. And I recorded an episode with a guest. It just can't come out because audio quality too bad. Unless you guys want to see it. If you guys want to just let me know. I'll put it out somewhere not on this site. Because I don't want. I'll put it on YouTube probably. Because I don't want this to be on the um, the podcast directory. Because that would suck. Um, but yeah. Joe Rogan kind of does the thing that I want to do. But a little bit different I'd say. I think Joe Rogan kind of just goes into it not necessarily having any i don't know what joe rogan's process is right but it doesn't appear that he has like any sort of plan to talk about pete talk to thing to he doesn't have any sort of plan what he wants to talk about i think that's great i think you can do that if you're stand-up com- if you're a stand-up comic uh who, who talks for a living like, and, a, and a commentator for the ufc i am not that so i cannot do that i have to kind of at least have an idea of what i want to talk to people about you know but that being said, because I like having a loose idea and not like actual like hard, hey, we talk about this, 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 and this, I think that brings the I think that has the potential to bring the best out of out of whoever I'm I'm talking with. And this all kinda came to um this this kinda I had an epiphany before I started the podcast and I was listening to a fighting game commentary named Sajan. He had a podcast with a guy named Esteban the Besteban. He and Esteban does has a channel called Hold Back to Block. Hold Back to Block does a bunch of fighting game community uh, documentaries. We'll just say FGC from here on out. So I never say that shit again. He has a bunch of FGC documentaries, and something that he brings up, and that's we talked about for a long time, is that when you're interviewing someone, and you're kind of like pushing them towards your story. You just get that. You don't get anything else. There's no potential for, for anything greater than that. And that's a waste. In my opinion, that's a waste. I think he sees it as he sees it as a waste too. Right? Like you have this person that knows more about this thing talking to you about this thing, right? But you are trying to push him towards a storyline to make your job easier. What kind of sense does that make? I mean, I guess it makes sense if you're doing it for a newspaper or whatever. You just need to get it in, get it out. But for for things like this, what kind of sense does that make, right? I'm just trying to entertain people. I'm just trying to entertain people. It doesn't matter how it's done. Just I'm just trying to entertain people. I mean, it does matter. I'm not trying to, like, go through suicide force and record that shit or anything. No, 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 no. That shit's not cool. But that's it. And I think that limiting the guests to what I want to talk about or what I think they should be talking about is sad and unfortunate. <laughs> and I wish I wish people wouldn't do that because that sucks, All right? Um, and that's kind of like the 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 big like philosophy of my podcast. I want to bring out the most of my guests. I want to make them feel comfortable. I want to make an environment where they can just talk about whatever they want. I don't care what it is. We will talk about it. Like, I I don't want people to, you know, feel like they have to come on this podcast and have a specific, a specific topic. You don't have to. We can just shoot the shit for three hours or two hours or an hour, however long you want it to be. Another thing, this podcast will always be as long or as short as it needs to be. 
Like, I don't think this podcast is going to go over 45 minutes. This one specifically. Why? Because I don't have... Eh, actually, we'll see. Ultimately, ultimately, I don't want to create content that I feel like I'm trying to target a specific time for. Because once you start doing that, you start compromising the, the material in some way or another. If you try to make it too short, you're cutting out good stuff. If you try to make it too long, you're just filling it out with padding. And that's it. That's shitty. Nobody wants that. That shit's trash. God, I hate it. But I understand people. I understand people on YouTube doing because they gotta pay their bills. I, I get it. Um. Okay. I think that's enough about podcasting. Next, Persona uh, Persona Five. I have been playing Persona Five since the Rona hit. Pretty much. I bought the game on April first. I think I finished downloading on April second, and now we're at. Uh, May 6th. I have 223 hours in this game right now. Um, I'm on New Game Plus. I'm playing New Game Plus on Easy easy just because I want the story. I don't really care about the gameplay mechanics that much. Um, So, you know, it's just... I consider Persona 5 my chill game. Which is weird, because Persona 5 has like a really intense story mode, and, and, you know, it's not necessarily something that you would consider chill, for the most part, unless you're going through day-to-day life. Even then, Jesus Christ, just some of these, I'll get to that later, whatever. Alright? So, I love this game. A lot. Like, a lot, a lot. Like, way more than I thought I would. And I really like this story. I think the one point where it misses the mark is Okumura Palace. God, I hate that fucking palace. Not only does it have an annoying ass story where, where, fuck it. Do I want to explain all Persona 5? I guess I should. We're backtracking. I don't give a fuck. One take J. Um... So, uh, I guess let's just explain the Persona games. Persona games are, are turn-based uh, Japanese RPG, or JRPG for short. And in Persona 5, you play as the main character, his codenamed Joker, who uh, basically infiltrates these things called palaces, right? Now, palaces are, as the game explains, a person's like very, very morphed cognition, only certain people have these palaces because only certain people are that fucked up in the head, right? So, spoilers for anyone who hasn't played Persona 5. I don't know what to tell you at this point. This game came out, like, what, 2017? It's 2020. If you weren't going to play it, if, if you're going to... If you haven't played it by now, are you actually going to play it? You know, even if I spoil it, I still feel like it's not... It's still worth it. It's still worth playing. But... So... The first palace is the gym teacher, the volleyball coach and gym teacher at their school. Uh, why am I forgetting his name? Kamoshida? Yeah, Kamoshida. Uh, he's basically sexually assaulting people, abusing his players, whatever. That's cool. Great. Then there's... Oh, boy. Who is the second palace? I can't remember. This doesn't even matter. I don't even know why I'm going over this. My point being... At some point later in the story, you get to a guy named Okumura. 
Okumura is basically the is, is the CEO of Okumura Foods. Um and he owns things like the Big Bang Burger, which is a really big uh uh you know, restaurant chain, you know? Uh burger place. Alright, cool, no problem. Now the problem is the problem with this one is it starts out with Morgana, like the 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 insert information guy pretty much, who knows everything about the metaverse compared to everyone else. It starts out with Morgana, who basically defected from the group because he felt like he wasn't needed or whatever. He runs into Haru. Now, Haru is the daughter of Okumura. There's Haru Okumura. And she's found in the powers when he tries to infiltrate himself. He's like, wow, it's a bad idea. Ends up, Haru ends up saving him. They go in, the, the team goes in to find uh, um, Morgana. Some dumb shit happens. And I'm going to fast forward to the gameplay mechanics that I don't that I don't like. There is an airlock puzzle in this, in this game. It is one of the most frustrating things I have ever played in my life. Even reading through a guide, it's just really convoluted. And unnecessary for a game like this, where all the puzzles previously had been like, oh, you have this clearly defined thing, and then all types of limitations are placed on you suddenly. Uh, anyway, it was just, it was a really big difficulty spike, I should say. I think that's how I put it. Really big difficulty spike. Even I looked up a guide, didn't make sense. That was not fun, but also not the worst part. And it didn't even it didn't ruin my experience. What ruined my experience for this part of the game? was the final boss. Because what happened was, because it's turn-based, you basically had to kill all of the minions on the first turn, or they would all run away and come back, and you had to be within 30 minutes. Like, 30 minutes of real-time, 30 real-time minutes, right? And here's the problem with that. If you let one die, right, and another one was still alive, you basically just lost the fight. Or you had to, like, basically start over. Because by that time, like what you're probably almost out of SP, which is like your magic casting stuff and all kinds of shit, right? It's it's just really really annoying because they keep you keep getting one and running away, and then he increases the defense of one of one guy so that guy can't die and he just runs away so you can't kill him on one turn. Either way, it took me like three days. It took me like two to three days to, to, to beat it the first time I played it. This time I played it on easy, so it wasn't that big of a deal. But that experience was so bad for me that it... I don't want to say it spoiled, spoiled the rest of the game for me, but it, it's by far the worst video game experience I've, ever, experience I've ever had. It was not fun. Nothing about it was fun. It was just terrible. This was a rant. I was talking about Persona 5. Anyway... Um, I really like Persona 5 story. I really like the confidant system that they have where you basically go through little vignettes of, of people's lives and you get to learn a lot about them, you know? Like, the teacher is one of my favorites and she's the person that I romance in the game because I like older women. <laughs> and, you know, self-insert character. I insert myself. So, you know, here we go. Now... This system is amazing because it allows you to flesh out the story at your own pace. 
without like just shoving it into the main story, you know? Like you can do these things whenever you want. You get to develop these characters. The only downside to this is that it doesn't necessarily always line up with the main story, which is fine. I don't really care that much. For some people, it's a big issue. For me, it's like whatever. You can do it if you want. Um, and you just kind of get to see different sides of people struggling to get through life. And I think I've said this. I don't know if I said it on the podcast. But I think something that you get when you work with people, you get a lot when you work with people, is that no matter how shitty a person is or like how annoying they are, they're just trying to make it through life like you are, you know? So, like, I'm not saying you should excuse bad behavior, because you shouldn't. But you have to understand, everyone's going through something. Everyone has their own shit going on. And I think this game kind of exemplifies that. And I think it's beautiful for that. I think it's my favorite part of the game, right? Like the, the premise of this whole game is that everyone is suffering. You're not special. <laughs> That's what I got out of it. Like everyone's suffering. You're not special. So stop complaining. You know? Well, the stop complaining part probably wasn't supposed to be in there, but that's what I put in there. Um, and I think that allowing us to go through these stories at, their, at our own pace is is probably the best thing they probably they, they could have done. I think that's just a staple of the Persona series in general, but this one, from what I've heard, is less restrictive in that regard than others. You know, it's just, I love this game. A lot. I feel like I've not articulated this well. Articulated this well at all. I'll work on it later, but it is what it is. Next, fighting games I've been playing. So I've been playing a lot of fighting games lately because I have nothing better to do with my time because the Rona. And I can honestly say, fighting games are great, as I will say every podcast, and I'll probably say every podcast. Naruto's great. Fighting games are great. That's like there's like the two things that I can't stop talking about recently. So I recently bought Guilty Gear XR Rev 2, which is the last Guilty Gear title, you know, before Stry, which has not come out yet. And I'm playing this game. I'm like, wow, how the fuck did we get from this to what I see from Strive? <laughs> like, I don't, I don't understand. Like, this game is so cool. Like, every character in this game is cool for some reason or another, Right? And I'll, I'll start explaining that. So, first, we have Soul Bad Guy. Soul Bad Guy is like the main character of the story. You know, whatever. He shoots flames from the ground. Uh, he has like a, a weird buster sword type thing. I, I don't know what it's called. Uh, it's, it's cool. You have Kai Kisk. He is like Holy Knight Guy thing. He's cool. Well, actually, he's the least cool character in the game, in my opinion. And, like, my main, who is a guy... He's basically just a JoJo's character. I believe he looks a lot like Funny Valentine from Part 7. Let me make sure I'm not fucking this up. Yeah, he just reminds me of Funny Valentine from from Part 7. Like, he's just a guy who plays pool and, like, manifests, like, physical objects. In his case, being pool balls. Oh, Whatever. Uh, just, like pool balls and it, it's just cool he's just so cool he's a setup character he'll set up his pressure and it, it's amazing right he's kind of hard but I, I don't really care he's too cool and then you have my other character answer answer is 
a, a, a ninja who's also like a government worker. <laughs> He's the secretary of one of the characters in the game, Chip. Chip is like the president of the United States. I think it's called, I think he calls it the Kingdom of, of Chip now or Chip Kingdom. I can't remember. But everything from the music, the, the color choice, the, the, just like how the game presents its attacks, all that's amazing right but it's very hard i'm not going to try and explain the game mechanics or anything because i don't think i'm qualified to i don't think i've played enough to even try to but just suffice it to say this game is really really cool and you all should play it if you are into fighting games and if you've looked if you ever looked at this game and you're like wow this is cool i think you should try it i think it's on sale right now for 12 bucks until actually no it's not on sale anymore fuck Damn. But usually it's thirty bucks. Uh, you should if, whenever it goes on sale again, you got you should definitely get it because I think it's worth it. Um, I've been having a lot of fun with it, even though I suck at fighting games, and I think everyone can have fun with it. Okay. Next, next fighting game I've been playing. I'm playing a lot of Dragon Ball Fighters. This is a game I bought on release, but I just you know didn't get into. I didn't get like super into it until recently because I just had I just didn't have the time. Um, I think I, think I, I mentioned this before, but I just didn't have the time. And now that I've gotten into it, it's a lot of fun. Super super cool Dragon Ball shit, all the fucking time. You know, you you it, you can just press square, and you get a really cool looking combo. Obviously, it's not what you want to do, but it's kind of how it ends up happening. I think this this is kind of the right way to do an easier fighting game, right? As I mentioned before with Guilty Gear, Strive did a lot of things that that, that I, so far, from what I'm seeing, they're doing a lot of things that I'm like, why, right? But, like, and I think the reason why we're doing that is because it is with an older IP that is known for being complex and really freeform. You can express yourself with, with your play. And I think that Dragon Ball Fighters is is the only way that you can justify making a game like that right from from Arc System Works so like new IPs pretty much new IPs or IPs that didn't have that didn't have fighting games with this particular studio which is Arc System Works and the reason I say that is because if you're going from one Arc System Works game to another Arc System Works game in the same in the same series, same IP, you are expecting those mechanics to still be there. And if anything, get like add a little bit more to it, you know. Um, but the thing, the the current fighting game trend is make all these games super easy for new players. But here's the problem with that: you alienate you alienate your core audience when you do that. So you have the casuals who aren't going to play the game that long. Yeah, you're appealing to them, but ultimately they aren't gonna be there when your game is is a year old, right? People that play your games, people that have been there for your games for the last twenty years, like in Guilty Gear's case, they might not they might not be there anymore, and that is sad to me, because I think the best part about fighting games is the community. Like the games themselves are amazing, they're cool, but I think the community is ultimately what keeps these games alive. Um. I think it's just really sad that companies are doing things to push people away. 
and I kind of want to talk about this for a little bit because there is a there's a guy named Majin Obama. He's a figure in the community. He does some commentary here and there. He uh, he does videos for the Anime uh, Illuminati YouTube channel, uh, and he has a video. I forget what it's called, but it's a video of a streamer trying out Guilty Gear Strive for the first time. She's a new fighting game player, right? Like she doesn't know what the fuck's going on, and she's just like figuring out these systems, right? Just figuring out how to play the game. And what you see is someone, when given proper tools, learning how to play a game, a fighting game. And what you see is that these things aren't that hard. These these things aren't that hard. You just have to have the confidence and faith in your players to, you know, be able to do them. Because they can. And if if they're going to stick around anyway, they will. I want to link it in the description because I don't think I can do it just and I don't want to, like, steal this whole video. But it's it's right now definitely one of my favorite things on YouTube <laughs> just because I like seeing someone learning and enjoying something that I love so much. Something that has given me so much entertainment. I'm seeing someone get that for the first time or it's like they're just like new to it, you know? Um, it's just really cool, man. It's just really cool. Speaking of, of tools to learn, Skullgirls. I have been playing Skullgirls for the last couple of days. Uh, this game is hard, uh, but it is so fucking cool. And the thing I like about Skullgirls is that they give you everything you need to learn the fighting game. Well, ninety-nine. They give you ninety-nine percent of what you need to play the fighting game, right? Um, but the thing about Skullgirls, oh, actually, let me go through this first. Skullgirls gives you, they have a really, really good tutorial, teach you about all this, they teach you about the system, they teach you basic things like how to block a string, how to punish a, a, a bad sweep or whatever, uh, how to, just how to play a fighting game in general, it teaches you that, and like, not that I necessarily needed that part, but I'm glad it's there, because what you have is proof that if you give players the tools to learn, they will learn, if you don't give them the tools, there's nothing they can do. <laughs> You know, like there is nothing, there's stuff, there's stuff they can do, but like you're making, you're adding that barrier to entry that doesn't need to be there. And the worst offender to this, in my opinion, right now is fucking Tekken. Oh my God. Not like right now, right now, but before it was fucking Tekken. I was watching uh, an era stream one day and he was talking about how Harada doesn't want to put frame data in the game because it's part of the player exploration experience. No, nigga, put that shit in the game so people can know what to do, right? A new player's not going to know what to do with it, but why does that have to be part of the player exploration experience? That doesn't make any fucking sense. Why should I have to go out of my way to to um, to look at this frame data when you just put it in the game so I can have an easier time understanding the characters in the games? Do you not want people to play your games? That's what it seems like sometimes, too. It's like they don't want people to play their games. Like, why? What do you get out of that? You don't get any money from it. Only thing that I could possibly do is the only thing I could possibly do is something good. I get that I cost resources to like make tutorials and that kind of thing, but I think it's worth it, right? Especially for for um, especially now, right? Because gaming is such a, a big thing. Uh, we aren't in the the, the early two thousands anymore. 
where um, pro- professional gaming was in its infancy. Um, we we are in a time where Overwatch League exists. We're in a time where their whole Call of Duty leagues, NBA 2K leagues, shit like that. Why the fuck are you not putting systems in your games for new people when those are the people that are going to get the most of your money? That's where you're going to get most of your money from, A. And B, why do you not want people to, want people to learn how to play your game? I just feel like that doesn't make any sense. Why do you not want to see the most people possible you know, figuring out how to to play this thing that you made. I don't know, man. That was kind of a rant. Is that all the fighting games I've been playing? Skullgirls? I don't really talk about Skullgirls that much because I haven't played that much. I only played for a couple of days. But yeah, long story short, fighting games are cool. You all should play them. If you're looking for some fighting game uh, recommendations, just ask me. I think one day I might just do a fighting game uh, episode with some people... Or it might just have like a fighting game series, right? Where we talk about one fighting game each. <laughs> That'd be interesting. Hmm. Noted for next time. Okay. Damn, this episode's 50 minutes. I'm so sorry. This was like a really rambly episode. I saw a lot of shit to get off my chest. <laughs> um. Alright, and that concludes episode negative one of the Cheese and X podcast. I appreciate you all for bearing with me through those... Uh, interesting rants (laughs) but hopefully we have an extra surprise um tomorrow by tomorrow i think i think it will be tomorrow this time because it's supposed to be up today but anyway yeah hopefully you you have a nice surprise tomorrow if not i apologize actually i'm not apologizing for that fuck it no if not it'll happen the next day i just gotta get around to when i get around to it shit happens life happens Thank you all for listening, and I hope you have an amazing day, night, evening, whatever.